Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, March 22nd. Coming up today... The Fed is caught between inflation and a banking crisis as investors await today's rate decision. UK inflation jumps ahead of tomorrow's Bank of England meeting. New developments on a possible rescue of First Republic Bank. And GameStop soars as the video game retailer posts a surprise profit. Chinese President Xi has left Moscow after a three-day state visit with Vladimir Putin, plus new developments in a cold murder case on Staten Island. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. A win for the Islanders. Losses for the Rangers, Devils, and Nets. Japan beat the U.S. and won the World Baseball Classic. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with today's Fed meeting. It seemed like a slam dunk just over a week ago, but now there are questions about whether the Fed will raise rates this afternoon. We get the latest from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. This is the first meeting in a very long time where nobody on Wall Street really knows what the Fed will do. Two weeks ago, it was a question of whether they raised rates half or a quarter percentage point. But disruptions to the banking system now have many investors betting the central bank won't raise rates at all. Financial shares have calmed a bit in the last two days, and markets have almost gotten back to pricing one quarter point move. Do Fed officials still need to do crisis management, or can they go back to their focus on inflation, which remains far above target? Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. Well, the banking crisis is putting Fed Chair Jay Powell in a tough predicament today. That's according to Bloomberg Opinion columnist Mohamed Alarian. It's going to be a really tough decision. Really, really tough. I think he's got to stick to the framework that the European Central Bank set out very well. And President Lagarde had a masterclass in her press conference on this, which is we, we are aiming both for price stability and for financial stability. And we have tools to address both of these things. And we must not sacrifice either of them. Bloomberg Opinion columnist Mohamed Alarian said the Fed should still hike rates by 25 basis points. We'll have complete coverage of today's Fed decision and news conference coming up on a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. It all starts at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Karen, inflation's also front and center in Europe this morning ahead of tomorrow's Bank of England rate decision. Prices in the U.K. unexpectedly rose for the first time in four months. Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden has more from London. If you're one of the hawks on the committee like Catherine Mann, you're going to be feeling vindicated. She's been warning about the persistence of stubbornly high inflation, about getting in control of inflation expectations. You've already seen the ECB doing 50 basis points. It was a debate over whether you prioritise cutting inflation, show confidence in the banking system, or whether you reckon that that banking stress has tightened financial conditions enough that it's done the work for you. I think that this tips the argument a bit more towards uh, prioritising inflation. 
Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden says UK CPI rose 10.4% in February as food and drink prices soared at their fastest pace in 45 years. Well, banking, of course, is also front and center in Europe, Nathan. After taking over Credit Suisse, UBS is now offering to buy back bonds sold before the acquisition. UBS says it'll buy back $3 billion of bonds sold just days before the deal in light of the, quote, exceptional developments that took place on Sunday. Well, back here in the U.S., Karen, the future of First Republic Bank remains in question, and we get the latest live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The answer to First Republic's problems could be a joint solution from the public and the private sectors. Sources tell us big banks and U.S. officials are exploring government backing to encourage a deal for propping up the lender. Some options on the table include offering liability protection and more flexibility for capital rules. While investors have expressed interest in helping, the firm's unrealized losses remain a concern. First Republic shares are up 3% in early trading. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. Well, there's some other stocks on the move this morning. Shares of GameStop are surging. They are up more than 38% in the pre-market. That's after the video game retailer reported a surprise profit. GameStop reported net income of $48 million for its first profit in two years. And that rally in GameStop shares, Karen, has some other so-called meme stocks on the rise as well. Look at AMC Entertainment. It's up 9.5% in early trading. There doesn't appear to be any catalyst for that gain outside of GameStop. And on the flip side, Nathan, shares of Nike, they're lower, down 1.5%. The company did post profit above estimates, but it also says gross margins for the year would be at the low end of expectations. Let's turn to politics now, Karen. In New York today, security barricades remain up outside the Manhattan Criminal Court ahead of a possible indictment of former President Donald Trump. We get the very latest live from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John? And Nathan, the former president could be indicted by a Manhattan grand jury as soon as this week, potentially charged with falsifying business records connected to hush money payments. Trump issued a call to his supporters to protest. A bomb threat closed the court yesterday. Among his supporters, Brian Stiles, the Republican chair of the House Administration Committee. He fired off a letter to Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg asking him to answer questions about his investigation. I think there's appropriate questions in a case that's this significant uh, as to why it's moving forward in the way it is. I think the American people deserve to know the answers we've asked. Congressman Brian Stiles spoke to Joe Matthew on Bloomberg's Sound On. Former President Trump had expected to be arrested yesterday. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 47 degrees in New York. It's going to be sunny today with highs in the upper 50s. Clouds roll in tonight. We'll get down to the upper 40s. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Chinese leader Xi Jinping has left Moscow, wrapping up a three-day visit shortly after Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishino left Kiev. Meanwhile, the USS statements coming from China and Russia about a proposed peace plan for Ukraine are off-target. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. The White House says neither Kiev nor Washington can even consider it. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says there is no mention of backing off occupied land. He and his regime keeps parroting the Russian propaganda that this is somehow the, a, a war of the West on Russia, that it's some sort of existential threat to Mr. Putin. That's just a bunch of malarkey. The Ukraine posed no threat to anybody, let alone Russia. Kirby says Putin's aim in having Xi in Moscow is to get a promise of more lethal aid, which to this date he says 
says they've not seen any evidence of his doing. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. A cold murder case on Staten Island is getting new interest. Investigators say they have identified the body of a woman who was found brutally beaten and lit on fire on Staten Island in 1991. The woman, who was only known by a scorpion tattoo on her right buttocks, has been identified as Christine Belusco of Clifton. They also said Belusco had a daughter now believed to be in her early 30s who investigators are trying to locate. Belusco's killer is still on the loose. Marine animal welfare officials say eight dolphins have died after they became stranded on a beach in New Jersey. The Marine Mammal Stranding Center said on Facebook that the pod had become stranded on Sea Isle City. Staff and veterinarians say two of the dolphins had already died and the condition of the others was rapidly deteriorating. The MMSC says the decision was made to euthanize the other six. A cow caused quite the commotion in Brooklyn. A young black calf somehow escaped from a truck outside a slaughterhouse and made a break for it, running through the streets of Canarsie until a crew rounded her up and put her back in the vehicle. This man watched the whole thing play out. The people from the slaughterhouse had actually come with their equipment and stuff, and they were trying to, you know, lasso it and get it into the truck. But uh, she was feisty. She didn't want to go. <laughs> no word on whether the slaughterhouse would now consider sparing her. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Bard. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. I'm not going to tell you where I'd place my bets. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. A Hollywood-like script to finish the World Baseball Classic. Japan with a one-run lead in the ninth inning. And who do they call on to close things out but Shohei Otani? And who does he face to get the final out but his Angels teammate, Mike Trout? Generally considered the two best all-around players in the sport, and Otani struck Trout out. Japan won the championship game 3-2. At Barclays, Nets lost to Cleveland 115-109. There was a moment of silence for Willis Reed. He was once the Nets coach, also once their general manager. But Reed, who passed away at 80, obviously known mostly as an all-time great Nick, and for what he did May 8, 1970, limping onto the court for Game 7. The big question is, will Willis Reed play tonight? I think we see Willis coming out. to read on the forecourt. Right side from 20. Jumps. Yes. Willis was hit on his first two. He only scored four points that night, but it was felt the emotion he brought by fighting through his leg injury inspired the Knicks to victory. Reed would captain the Knicks to another title three years later. Still the only two championships in Knicks history. Rangers, Devils, Islanders all at home at the Garden. Rangers had a third period lead, but lost to Carolina 3-2 in Newark. Minnesota topped the Devils 2-1 in overtime at the UBS Arena. All Islanders 7-2 over Toronto. Iona moved quickly the day after Rick Pitino left for St. John's. The Gales replaced him with Tobin Anderson, who just coached Fairleigh Dickens into that stunning upset win in the NCAA tournament. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. 
So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Let's bring you an interview now with the former CEO of Morgan Stanley and Credit Suisse. That's John Mack. He sat down for an interview with David Weston on Bloomberg's Wall Street Week. They discussed financial stability and risk management in light of the collapse of Credit Suisse and several U.S. regional banks. John Mack says it is imperative that people believe in the stability of banks. He says executives and government officials are well aware of the risks of a collapse in confidence. Let's bring you part of our conversation now with John Mack. I think the transition from being a Swiss private bank to a publicly held bank, that the rules and reporting have changed. I mean, the Swiss banks, I remember years ago when I was there, you could go down in their vaults, you would see pieces of art locked up, things like that. And I think they had a real advantage of bank secrecy. They had a lot of uh, people around the world who wanted to be protected, would put money in there and no one would be secure, safe, and secretive. And the world's changed, and that's what they're dealing with, because they need to change with it. What didn't they get, from your point of view? I mean, you've spent a lifetime in banking. You know banking. What didn't they understand? You need to build a financial service business built on trust and built on not hiding money or putting money in different spots. But you need to be open. You need to give a return on the investments or the assets someone gives you. And just having bank secrecy is not enough, and I, I don't think they got that. And for years... Uh, the Swiss was a haven for people all over the world who wanted to put money away. They did. And, uh, you know, for those who were putting the money in, it made a lot of sense. But long term, I think it really helped hurt the Swiss banks in a competitive way. What do you expect Calm Color and UBS to do with Credit Suisse? Well, I think they'll look, number one, where, where there are overlaps, and there'll be a lot of overlaps. And uh, you want to get the best people from each institution and still have those lines of businesses, but with a better um, 
Rolodex of who are the talented people in the two banks. So I see it business as usual, but I think it'll be a smaller institution when they put them together. And I think they will focus on performance, not just bank secrecy. You've uh, spent a lifetime managing risk. Is it likely they'll take less risk? Already we've had calm callers say, we want to cut back on the investment bank. Yeah. We're not as interested in the investment bank. Would you expect the sort of, the sort of profile of the bank to shift? Yeah, I do, but, but I think that's universal. I think uh, the big banks who've had big trading positions and taken a lot of risk, I think they've all dialed that back. And clearly the Swiss is going to do that. Now, when I was there, uh, it was first Boston was their investment bank, and the, the amount of risk that we took was really uh, out of proportion to what we should have been doing. So I think all the banks are focused a lot more on risk. I think the regulators are better at defining and seeing the risk. But I think banks have to maintain confidence in their institution. So I think most of these banks are going to be much more conservative in the risk they take. We have our own problems with banks right now in the United States, starting with Silicon Valley Bank, going beyond that. Right. Uh, at the same time, is this similar to what you saw in 2008, 2009? Again, you were running Morgan Stanley. Do we have a similar issue now? You know, David, I don't think so. I, I think the, the banking issue at Silicon Bank is, is pretty straightforward, what they were doing, who they were underwriting, who they were lending money to. We were just taking market risk. We were not taking tremendous credit risk, either with companies or with individuals. A lot of our risks were in government securities and just loading up the balance sheet, saying they're making a bet on interest rates, not on credit. So I think the difference today is the credit risk, not so much the interest rate risk. There are a lot of institutions, banks as well as uh, corporations, that maybe have based their whole theory on low interest rates forever, which we're not going to have. So how much risk is there in terms of interest rate risk in the system, do you think? I don't think as much as we've seen in the past. I, mean, I, don't, I just don't see banks, and again, I've been retired for a while, I don't see them taking on that kind of risk to try to get earnings up. There always is going to be risk in the marketplace. There's always interest rate risk. But I think all the banks are much more disciplined in the kind of risk they want. I also think the Federal Reserve and regulators are much more astute at looking at these balance sheets and the risks they're taking. The risk should be in helping build businesses, not speculating in the market, but in the risk of making these big loans and taking a lot of exposure if the markets change in these companies. I think that has really been dialed back. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.